tonight, uh, all the people's going to be on the panel. If you guys would come on up and uh, let's take a minute to get our seats. Man, we got the cream of the crop in here tonight, and, <clears throat> and we're so excited about that. Uh, tonight, I want you, if you have your Bible with you, would you go ahead and open it up uh, to the book of Psalms tonight? Uh, we're in a series that we're calling, does anybody know what it is? Palm Tree Living. By the way, y'all, I, I know that I've said this to some of you, uh, but a lot of you may not know this. Uh, I wrote a book on palm tree living. I know it's hard to believe. I can't even believe it either. But the book uh, should be out in about two to three weeks. It's at the publisher. Uh, we got rave reviews from the publisher about it, to God be the glory, and it will be here. It's called Palm Tree Living, believe it or not, and we hope and pray. And by the way, the book is better than the sermon, y'all, uh, so that's not saying a lot, but praise God for that. It's a big deal. So tonight, if you have your Bible with you, would you open it up to Psalms 92? Now, we know that this is a psalm uh, for the Sabbath day or a song uh, for the Sabbath day, uh, that was given to us uh, in the Word of God to encourage us and to exhort us. So in Psalms 92, do you have your Bible open? Say amen. amen. Uh, the Bible says the righteous shall what? Flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Where? In the courts of our God. Read verse 14 with me, everybody. They shall still bring forth fruit. In the old age, they shall be shouted out, fat and flourishing to do what, guys? To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. How many of you are glad tonight that your God is upright? Can I get an amen? He is, there is no unrighteousness in him, and he is my rock. If he is your rock, say, he's my rock. He's my rock, and there's no one righteous to him. And you know what? As we grow and as we flourish, we are showing that the Lord is upright. Thank God for that. So how many of you in this building tonight, not based off your righteousness, not based off your goodness, but you qualify to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Amen. Thank God for that. And how many of you tonight, honestly, now you, got, you can't lie in church, y'all. Uh, it wouldn't be right to lie in church. How many of you are flourishing in your spiritual life? Like, like, really? Like two of you are? Amen. How many of you are better now than you used to be? Can I get an amen? How many of you got room for improvement? Anybody? Amen. I thought everybody would raise their hand there. So tonight, uh, we got some folks up here on the panel. Hey, guys, how are y'all tonight? It's good to see you. This is Brother Rick. Uh, Brother Rick and I have been together, gosh, how long, man? Ever since I was a baby. Ever since he was a baby. <laughs> Uh, brother, brother Rick and I are like Billy Graham. What's that old guy that was with Billy Graham, bro? He's dead too. Uh, <clears throat> but we've been together. I know we've been. You've been serving on, on staff with me for thirty years. Uh, uh, twenty nine. This coming spring will be thirty years for him, Miss Cindy, here at our church. Can I get an amen? He serves, and thank God for that, uh, brother Rick. Uh, Brother Rick is an armor bearer. And what, what does that mean? He does whatever I want him to do. He does that. Amen. He's a wonderful guy. And I think I love this guy, man. I'm going to tell you, I love this. Can I tell y'all this again? I love this guy. Uh, anybody been around Rick? If you don't love Rick, you don't love Jesus. I'm just telling you, y'all. You probably won't go to heaven if you don't love him. So, so Brother Rick is here. And by the way, Brother Rick serves uh, at the River Campus down there. And man, him and David and others serving down there. Thank God for y'all. This is Steph, uh, Stephanie Newton. And Steph has been serving with us, guy on staff here for 
2010. Uh, now I've, I've shifted her all over the world. I mean, I, she has done this, she's done that, and now she's the, the director of our adult education. Is that me or y'all? Huh? I was going to wait till he asked us something. What? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> are y'all are y'all really having conversation like this? I, I mean, is that really happening? Who is that? Is that Martin? I mean, y'all, they're really having dialogue up here between each other. I can't even believe that. Amen. So Steph is our director of adult education. Thank God for her. I love her. Uh, she's a blessing. She helps me so much. And this is Brother Scotty Pinson. Uh, Brother Scotty came here when he was in uh, diapers, and now he's, uh, Brother Scotty's our mission pastor and our facilities coordinator, and I'm going to tell you, all three of these are superstars. They do a great job. Let them know you love them, guys. Fantastic people. I love those people. I really do. So tonight, we get to talk a little bit, y'all, and, and I like doing this. As a matter of fact, I'm so engaged in this tonight, y'all, that I absolutely took the time today to write down something for y'all. And so tonight, you know, we've been in this palm tree living thing, and, and it's about living the victorious life in Christ and how that we are to live the abundant life and all that stuff that we've been talking about. And so I wanted to just ask y'all, and we all will take times uh, just chatting and talking about this. Here, here's a profound question. Are you ready for this? Why do you think most Christians are struggling displaying consistency in their life as a believer. I got this one. Good, Brother Rick. I can't wait. I now, let me, let me ask the question again because all y'all need to dig in this. Are y'all ready? Here's the question. Why do you think most Christians are struggling displaying consistency in their life as a believer? The reason Christians struggle is they think this is up to their effort. Come on, give do me Do you some. know the, the thing that makes it <coughs> different is the planting part? If God wants you to be a palm tree, he prepares the soil, he does the planting, the fruit that grows is the fruit that's supposed to grow on a palm tree, mm -hmm. right? Yes. It's when we're trying to do things, thinking we can help that happen, when what God needs us to do is be. If God has saved you, and we call saved people to have palm tree living, and we're yeah, church like right. this, <clears throat> It, it's going to be always what he is doing in that life, not what we're bringing to the table. You know, Brother Rick, you said something there. God calls us just to be. And, and what a profound thought. <laughs> Steph, you, you look at that, just kind of build on that. We, we, I mean, we're seeing so many believers struggle with consistency. What are you thinking? I think it all starts with what happens the first thing in your day. When you get up and you give that first part of your day to the Lord, then the whole rest of the day is going to go better. And if you don't, it's going to be hard to be consistent the rest of the day. It's going to be hard for me to look like Jesus and talk like Jesus and act like Jesus if I hadn't been with him. So for me, it's that first little bit. Amen. Did y'all hear that? We got to start our day off with the Lord in order to build that consistency. Brother Scotty, what are you thinking on that one? I think it's got a lot to do with our struggles as well, Pastor. We, um, we don't know how to handle our struggles a lot of times. We think that uh, our struggles are, um, are meant to harm us or meant to, uh, uh, to knock us down. And, and uh, you know, uh, we go through things to, to make us better and to, and to help those around us. And, uh, you know, just like the refining the gold and stuff, you put it through the fire to make it uh, purified. And that's, uh, 
we have to go through the fire sometimes and knock off the rough edges in our life. And, um, and then also we struggle sometimes just for the, uh, so we'll grow closer to the Lord. Uh, just like with an, a new baby relies on us to feed them, um, you know, we need to rely on God to feed us and not try to do it ourselves sometimes. And that's, uh, I think that our struggles, uh, we, we misunderstand while we're struggling. So in the midst of a lot of in the midst of a lot of the struggles in the midst of a lot of the battles that people face that's a lot of times they quit on God. So when we think about consistency y'all I think that as a pastor and what I see happening in churches and what I see happening in so many believers the the lack of it uh, is just killing our churches, y'all. It's killing us, and we're not, we're not displaying the glory of God in our life, and especially not in our churches. I mean, really and truly, if you think about it, all the believers here at Eden West, are not these folks, because these folks are consistent. But when you look at the vast majority of who we are, you know, somebody, I had lunch with uh, three couples today, and one of them asked me, this is sad, y'all, but one of them asked me, and they've been visiting the church, and I think this is repeated over and over and over again. They asked me at lunch, and it's almost like I want to go, oh, no, don't ask me that question. Please don't ask me that question. And this is what they asked me. How many members are here at Eden Westside? How many members are here in Westside? And I'm going to tell you, I just go, oh, no, don't ask me that question. That's not a, I almost get embarrassed at that question because I have to say this to answer them. Do you want to know how many members are, are on our roll or how many people actually show up? And, and you know what? We got 2,400 members of this church. And so when we think about consistency, why is it, y'all, that we see that problem that seems to uh, continue to repeat itself over and over and over again, the lack of consistency. Come on, Rick, give me something. Pastor, I can not consistently be good, but I can consistently be faithful. Say it again. I can't consistently be good, but I can consistently be faithful. Wow. And that's what God is asking for, is our trust. So... Uh, there again, once we get it off our ledger and on his, if I'm smart, I know how to stay close to him. And I know how not to separate myself from God's people. Amen. What do you think of Steph? Come on, give me some more. I think when you look at the, the household of faith, so to speak, either, every church has that problem to some extent. But I think the issue at, at root is drawing closer to the Lord. You know, they've got to be here in order to get fed from this way. And so being here and, and not leaving because of this thing or that thing, but staying because this is where God has brought you. This is the place that he's appointed for you to bring your worship to. This is the place that he's appointed for you to serve. You've got to have that commitment to him. And then it makes it easier to sail through if somebody isn't friendly to you or somebody hurts your feelings or, you know, somebody doesn't like the color of the carpet that you chose or whatever. It's about him, and it's about doing what he's tasked us to do. You know, you, when you look at this, uh, I, Brother Scott, I'm going to come to you in a minute. But when you look at this, I think the success rate of being able to be consistent is what you're saying is we've got to make it all about him and not about us. Absolutely. And I think that so many people start making about them, and, and I want to come back to that. What do you think, man? The question is, uh, why are we not being consistent? Why are people not being consistent? Well, I, um, I honestly would 
some of the people that I've been around lately, that I've been, um, uh, been observing, uh, unfortunately, it's uh, blessings. It's keeping them from being consistent, oh, which is man. very, very weird. Uh, I, know, um, I know someone that uh, they were struggling with their work, and they were praying for God to bless them with a better job. And God blessed them with a better job, and they, um, they told me that, uh, man, I'm just war slam out working six days a week, and I'm just too tired to come to church on Sunday. What? That's, um, you know, that's, they're taking the blessing of God and, and then turning their back on God for blessing them. And so, so, so they're better off when they're struggling yes, sir. rather that's than exactly when they're being right. blessed. Yes, sir. So yes, what sir. we have to pray for them is God just... Take away that good job from, I guess. You know, uh, what a profound thought that is that people say, and Brother Scotty, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of people, God favors them and blesses them, and then in their blessings, they get inconsistent. It's powerful to think about that, you know? And when I think about that, I go, man, uh, you know, this consistency. And, and so I want to move on now in our thinking for just a moment. Well, before I move on, I look at how many of y'all in, in this building uh, that are here that's been saved less than two years? Can I see your hand? If you've been saved less than two years. Man, man, you guys, you guys are phenomenal, you know. How about anybody here been saved less than five years? Five years, if you're, if you're looking at that. Man, you know what? I look at y'all and you're here, and I want to encourage y'all to kind of wrap yourself in this conversation because just like y'all that are new in your faith, you know what? There's going to come that time when God's going to require you to walk through a valley or struggle or a battle. And look at me, y'all. You cannot quit on God because there's so many Christians that people come in the church and man, they, they, they come in and then all of a sudden the new wears off. Is that a good thing to say? It's the accurate. new wears off. What do you think is accurate, Rick? It's easy to get excited for something short term. There are probably hundreds of people that have came in these doors, or doors of any church for that matter, and they love it right off the bat. They are excited about what God's doing. And then it just gets normal. It gets normal. And uh, whereas they may have seen their best friend come to the Lord, which would have been a high point of their life, uh, they don't have the same excitement as it goes on. It becomes normal seeing people's lives change. It's nothing more tragic. It should be the most inspiring thing that keeps us going. It Absolutely. really should. And, and, and Steph, when you look at, uh, when we talk about that, Rick, the new wears off, and, you know, me being the pastor here 31 years, and we've led the state of Alabama in baptisms like the last 20 years. Uh, we've been in the top 50 of the state of Alabama the last 20 years here at Eden Westside. And uh, when you talk about things getting normal, and, and all of a sudden your palm tree living just becomes another day or another church service or another altar call. Steph, how dangerous is that? What does that do to us that we're seeing God work all the time and souls being saved, is it easy for this congregation to take that and make that normal? 
I think it's definitely easy for us because we do, we see it every time we come together and we expect that when the music starts playing for that invitation that God's fixing to work. We look for it to happen. And so I think we do kind of get accustomed to seeing that. And there are churches out there that would give everything they had for one conversion. We are so blessed. We have been given so much and we have a responsibility to the people that come to our altar and give their life to Jesus to disciple them and to mentor them and to walk with them so that they don't walk alone. Brother Scotty, how long do you think it takes for the new to wear off on, on believers that it just becomes norm, just rather than supernatural, it just becomes, oh, that's just a, a thing. How long do you think it takes normally? Well, I've been here for 16 years, and it's still new to me. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a good answer from you. Amen. That's a good answer. That's the truth. I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, the Brother Benny's um, uh, illustration that he used with his son one time. It, he was just so excited about the gumball machine. He said, every time I put something in here, I get something out of it. If you don't put nothing in it, you ain't going to get nothing out of it. Come on now. I come here putting something in it every Sunday, and I get something out of it every Sunday. So it's something new every Sunday. That's so exciting. Did y'all hear that? Uh, Something new every Sunday. How many of y'all know his mercies are new every morning? Can I get an amen? Amen. And I look at that, (coughs) and one of the things, how many of y'all believe God's blessed our church? Amen. We're a blessed church, and and I'm excited about that. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in just a moment. But uh, let's talk for a minute. Let's shift a minute, y'all. Just, just for, the, for a minute. Uh, on point number four this morning, Brother Rick, this is what it said. Every Christian should feel great on the inside because of who's in the inside. I feel great on the inside, and I'm going to show it on the outside. Yep. What, what do you think about that from, from that perspective? I feel great on the inside because of who's in here, and I'm going to show it on the outside. What do you think? Do you know? There used to be a children's song that had stuff like this. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face should surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. See there? (coughs) See there? See how contagious that could be that fast. (laughs) The the thing is, the one one thing I want everybody to, to get away from is acting like you're happy because you think you should instead of actually being what you are saying you are. If we are legitimately filled with the love and the power of Christ, how can it not show? How can it not show? And, and you know what? It should be impossible. So when you were talking about consistency right off the bat, oh, there's some terrible liars in church. Because they don't feel that joy, which is a fruit of the Spirit. That grows on, on Christian trees. Amen. Instead of putting on a mask, which they call that being a hypocrite, what you put on the joy, that's called being real. Being real. And you know what? Jesus is real. And the Spirit of God is real. That lives on the inside of us. Right. So, so, Brother Scotty, that, that statement... I feel great on the inside because of who's on the inside, and I'm going to show it on the outside. What happens to you when you're having a bad day? It's uh, Jesus saves you, you know, in the good days and the bad days. It's, uh, his mercies are new every day, just like you said, and it's even in the bad days, it, it takes two mountains to make a valley. So you just came off of something good, and you're fixing to go back to something good. So the, the valleys are short-term if you... Uh, 
if you're looking to Jesus. Amen. So that's a good answer, y'all. <coughs> I, wish, I wish I could come up with stuff like that. Y'all, I really do. So, so Steph, when we're talking about showing it on the outside, what does that mean to a believer? How do you do that? I think happiness is our response to our circumstances. You know, if, if everything's going right my way, then I'm happy about it. But joy is what God gives me. He gives me a measure without measure to, to live in his freedom and to walk in his victory. So joy is a choice I make to either connect with God and have joy in my life or to skip out and not. So uh, for me, it's to choose joy. So joy, of course, is a fruit of the Spirit that should be evident in all of our life. Doesn't mean that life's always easy, does it, Brother Rick? No. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I was thinking. You know what, this whole idea of the fruit being born, you got two kinds of fruit you're gonna find, depending on the kind of palm tree it is, gonna be dates or coconuts. Yeah, Right. that's right. So you don't expect to find a lemon palm tree or an orange palm tree, wrong fruit. It's, that's artificial. That has to be something you put there. It's not real. It's an act. So if it legitimately is what was planted and grew, the fruit's going to be exactly what was planted. Right, here, here's the, here's the million-dollar question to wrap it up in our thought. Are y'all listening? Because I think this is the profound question <clears throat> and a lot of you have already answered this, but I'm going to ask it, and I want, I want you to answer it specifically to the question. What happens to the believer when they try to live the Christian life in their own power? What happens to the believer when they try to live the Christian life in their own power? Go on it. They get worn out. We can't do the Christian life apart from Jesus. It, it's a task that we can't complete. We have to lean on him. We have to abide in him, and we have to let him do the work in us. They get worn out. What do you think, Brother Scott? A, uh, we definitely get wore out if we, we try to rely on, rely on ourselves. One of the things that I tell my children a lot is um, don't be controlled by your circumstances. Be controlled by God, and he'll control your circumstances. And um, So no matter what you're going through, if you know God's in control, then you can go through it. So um, if we're not relying on God and we're trying to go through the hard times, because it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. So whenever the rain comes and you're going to slip and fall if you're not holding on to Jesus. Absolutely. What do you think, Brother Rick? Living the life, trying to live the life of the Christian in your own power. Well, trying to live in your own power means you're utterly limited. If you are doing this in your own strength, it's, it's a recipe for failure. When that tree grew to start with, there was a nut that died. I'm one of those nuts. Amen. Amen. And when I did what God was able to grow, it not only was legitimate, but it didn't require me trying to be what God just made me. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. I don't have to try to act new. I is new. That's a good statement, Brother Rick. Yes. So, so when you look at believers that are trying, by the way, uh, I want you all to know this, all right? This is absolute truth. I know that from my own perspective, there's been times when I've tried to, to do this 
this life of Christ in my own power. And I'm going to tell you, you'll fail every time. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't live the supernatural life with a natural effort. It has to be a supernatural effort through the Spirit of God. Amen. But here's the thought, y'all. If we are in Christ, as Brother Rick, you said, we're a new creature. Old things are, we're not a, we're not a rebooted creature. We're not a rehabilitated creature. We are a new creature. What do you think? We, we, God didn't take an old me and polish me. He didn't take an old me and put on a fresh coat of paint so I could fool the world. He killed a man that was dying and going to hell and resurrected me to new life. And I am utterly clean. Amen. I'm utterly complete blessing, in him. And as long as I'm able to walk by in the spirit, not, not by sight, but by faith, it proves every day who I belong to and what he's doing, not what I'm doing. Do you think that a lot of people that go to church, that come into churches like this, where God is moving and God is working, do you think there's a danger of people that come in that want God to fix them rather than make them new? Do you think there's a danger? A lot of people come in the church and they're going through struggles and they're going through battles and they're just thinking, God, if you'll just rehabilitate me, I'll be okay there rather are people, than a new creature. There are people that walk in the door thinking that people like you have it all together. Absolutely. That you never have a bad day. That, that God loves you so much he keeps even the flu away. Oh, man, I wish so. Sinus problems. Sinus too. issues and everything else. Get man. thee behind me, Satan. Everybody starts at the same spot. You were a nut that had Absolutely. to die so you could grow, and they are too. And the thing is that when, what, when he sets you free from all that yuck and bondage, you are free indeed. Absolutely. So the, the, the way to live is letting God be God and, and not needing your help. Amen. What do you think, Steph? I think we want God's solutions, but we want it on our terms. There you go. You God, you do this that? for me. <clears throat> Say that again. We want God's solutions, but on our terms. We want yes. God to do this for me and do that for me, but I need you to do it like this, or I need you to do it at this time, or, hey, could you make me new, but don't make all of me new? I'd like to keep this little part over here just the way it is. Kind of, I kind of like it this way. We want him to do what he wants to do, but we want to be in control of it, and we have to submit our control to him. Amen. What do you think, Brother Scott? I think that a lot of people just want to get rid of the hard things in their life, the bad things that they're struggling with, and they, they want to hold on to uh, all the, the things that they consider fun. All the you know, There's uh, joy in sin for a season, and they, they want to hang on to the joy part of it and, and uh, just uh, get away from the consequences of that sin. Absolutely. You know, if y'all have your Bible, open it up for a minute because I want to show you something. In uh, Psalms 92, and what you're saying all, is all kind of spelled out for us in verse number 13. Uh, verse number 13, you know, I, I like verse number 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a what? Palm tree. Man, that is so good. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. amen. But look, look, at, look at the additional part of it. Verse 13 is, is it, it, it's, you know, when the Bible was written, it wasn't distinguished by chapter and verses. It was written as a continuation of the thought. And in verse number 13, it says, those that be what? Planted. Planted. Underline that in your Bible. In the house of the Lord. 
And, and I think that so many people, they start off well, but they get discouraged or they get disillusioned or they get disappointed. And how many of you know the devil will use anything to try to derail you? And, and I'm going to tell you, like Brother Rick says, you know, people come in, they look at me, and they think, man, you got it all together, yada, yada, yada. Can I just tell you this? That ain't true. Ask my wife. Don't amen that, baby. But the fact of the matter is, we all battle, we all struggle, but, man, you got to have a bulldog determination to stay planted. Can I get an amen? You can't be in and out. You just can't do that. Uh, you've got to be faithful. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be that person that's going to go, you know what, I'm in, I'm in, and I've got to stay abide. I think it's the right word. You've got to abide in Jesus. You know, I want to share this with you uh, for just a moment as, uh, as, as we just take a thought for a second. You know, uh, we're, we're about to start our 2019 year, y'all, 2019. Can y'all even believe it's 2019? I can't believe this. And so we're going to do our calendar planning coming up. I'm going to tell you all this because y'all need to come in here and hug us, okay, with this. Uh, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I told our deacons, I said, uh, you know, I've been the pastor here 31 years, and I'm excited about that. But look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm, not, I'm not still a young guy, and, and uh, you know, the church has got to move on. And, and so I said to the deacons, and I said, hey, guys, I need for y'all to take on a responsibility for me. And they go, okay. I said, uh, okay, here's what the responsibility is going to be. You've got to make a decision. Because everybody thinks, you know, Brother Jackie's the, uh, the guy that's going to rule this thing, and they have this misconception about that. And I said, so guys, I want you to make a decision. Here's the decision. Do you want to have church on Sunday night, or do you want to shut the doors? Do you want to do what everybody else is doing, or do you want to just uh, do you want to have church on Sunday night? And y'all have got to make that decision. I'm not going to make that decision. Whatever you say, that's what we're going to do. If you tell me, uh, look, Brother Jackie, we're not going to have church on Sunday night, uh, then me and baby dog are going to go to the house, and we're going to do whatever we're going to do and just kind of chill out. Uh, but if you want to have church on Sunday night, you as men need to make a choice about that as we move forward in 2019. And I told them, you know what, you got a couple of weeks to talk about that, think about that, and we had a deacons meeting today, uh, this afternoon. So we, we come in the deacons meeting, the chairman of the deacons goes to the leadership role of the, the church and says, okay, uh, here's the question that's posed, do we as Eden Westside want to lock the doors on Sunday night and just not have church? Or do we want to continue to have church on Sunday night? Unanimously, your deacons voted, yes, we're going to have church on Sunday night. Yay. Can I get an amen? And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Where, where, where is Bubba? Where are you, Bubba? I know I saw Bubba here. Where is Bubba? He, where, where are you, Bubba? I seen him. I seen Bubba. Where are you? I saw him. Anyway... Bubba was the topic of conversation, and that is this. What if our church had been locked up last Sunday night, the light, lights were off, the doors were locked, and Bubba didn't have the chance to make that decision last Sunday night? What would have happened to him? Can I tell you this, my friend? 
I believe that part of that is what we're talking about. That we as a church make a decision, irregardless of what everybody else is doing, and irregardless of what every church, other church is doing, and irregardless of how, what's convenient to the world, we as a church are going to make a decision that we're going to be consistent, and we're going to be planted in the house of God, and we are going to be faithful, and we're going to support that. Can I get an amen. amen? So as a result of that, to God be the glory. Now, think about this. Think about this, y'all. Uh, September the 23rd, we got people from all over the place coming to our church to have a prayer night on Sunday night. What if we didn't have church on Sunday night? We wouldn't have the opportunity to do that. And I, guys, I know that it's a big deal. I know it's a big deal. Somebody told me the other day, and I'm going to say this publicly. This, is, this was almost like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. This is what somebody told me the other day. They said, Brother Jackie, why are you doing church on Sunday night? And I said, well, we have people that come, people get saved, yada, yada, yada. And this is what they said. They said, now I'm not putting all of them in this category, but they said the millennials have voted. And the vote is they're not coming back to church on Sunday night. Now think about that for a minute. When we think about a younger group that says that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's not an okay thing. And I said, not all of them have. Because we got young adults and we got a youth a room full of young people that have voted, you're not going to stay at home, but you're going to attend on Sunday night. Can I just say thank God for our young God. people and our people that do that. Thank God for that. What a blessing. But I think what I'm saying is, y'all, all that comes right back into this. And I want to say this to you. I think the success of, of being able to flourish and just connecting and being consistent, that, you know, a lot of people say, well, a lot of churches are not consistent. A lot of believers are not consistent. Can I just tell you this? I think, and you've had a lot of good answers, and y'all have, but you know what? Write this down. I think there's a, there's a key to consistency, and I want you to write it down. I want you to write it down. Where you're not wishy-washy, you're not in today and out tomorrow, you don't quit on church, you don't quit on God uh, when, when everything don't go your way. Write this down. I believe the key to this. Are y'all going to write this down? Because if you don't write it down, you're not getting out of here. You've got to write this down. You know what I think the key is? Say what, Brother Jackie? Loving Jesus. Loving Jesus. I believe that when you love Jesus... The question is answered. Amen. When you really love Jesus, when you really love Jesus, you care more about him than you do anything. And I believe the key to consistency is loving Jesus. There's been times that, uh, I'm going to tell you, I didn't even feel like a Christian. There, there's been times when life's been hard. The valleys have been deep. And if I didn't love Jesus the way I, the way I love him, I, I, would, I would have probably quit. I would have stayed at home. I would have made another choice. Loving Jesus will change you. Yes. Loving Jesus will change your heart. It will change your devotion. Listen to me. Loving Jesus will change your choices. See, when you love Jesus, and you love Jesus the way you should, the way you should, your choices of life are regulated around him, not around you. And I think so many churches, so many believers, they just need to fall in love with Jesus. Because when you love Jesus, you'll serve Jesus. When you love Jesus, you will commit to him.
as our musicians come for just a moment just to play. Rick, I remember you and I being in Israel together. And, and I remember we were on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. You remember that? And they had designated uh, the place that they assumed is where Jesus and Peter stood. Right. Remember that? I do. And they had them rocks there, three rocks. And I said to you, Rick, will you stand on that rock? Yep. And uh, as Brother Rick stood on that rock, uh, they assumed that this is the place where Peter stood where Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And I, I asked Brother Rick to stand on the rock, and I said, Brother Rick, do you love Jesus? And he said, yes. I said, Brother Rick, will you get on this other, other will you stand right here? Uh, he said, on the second place, Brother Rick, do you love Jesus? He said, yes. I said, Brother Rick, will you get on this third rock here in let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus more than all of these? And I remember uh, in that you said yes, and then you said, you know what, that was a weird moment for you. To stand where Peter stood, to have somebody say, do you love Jesus? And here's the question for all of you tonight. Do you love Jesus more than you love this world? Do you love Jesus more than you love your convenience? Do you love Jesus more than anything in this world? Do you love him? And I want to, I want to just drive that home to you because if you love him, you're going to flourish like a palm tree because it is Christ in you. He, you, you love him and you devote yourself to him and you're consistent and you won't quit, you won't give up, you won't throw in the towel. So tonight, I want to ask you if you would to stand all over this building tonight for a second. And as you stand together, I, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready for the question? Do you love Jesus? You got to answer that. All right, here, here's another question. Do you love Jesus? All right, all right here, here's, a, here's another question. Do you love Jesus? my friend, serve him. Uh, your window, your window of opportunity is getting smaller every day. One day we're going to heaven. One day we're going to go to heaven and we won't have this opportunity that we have now to serve him. Do you love him enough that you would right now tonight, and don't you play games with me, because you're in church. With every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you in this building would be willing in this moment to 
say that you love him enough that you will give your life to him from now to the day you die? Would you raise your hand? You will give him your life from now to the day you die. You will be a devoted follower of Christ. Will you do it? Tonight, you may not be able to raise your hand because you've never surrendered to it. You've never given him your heart and your life. Tonight, our minister is going to come down. As they come down to this altar tonight, I wonder if there's a man or a woman or a boy or a girl or a teenager here tonight that would be willing to say to Jesus, Lord Jesus, I want to open my heart and invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ and you'd like to make that decision, would you right now just come to the altar and just meet one of these men, have a minute of prayer with them? Or maybe tonight you are thinking about joining the church and you'd like to come tonight and make that decision and make it public. So tonight if you're here and you're looking to make Eden Westside your church home, would you come right now and join hands with one of these men and let them help you with that decision? Or tonight maybe you'd like to rethink your commitment to Christ. And tonight you would like to rededicate yourself to following Christ all the days of your life. That you would say to him, Lord, tonight I want to make it about you and not about me. Tonight you'd like to come to this altar and take a moment to pray. Or maybe you're a life discovery teacher. And you'd like to come to this altar tonight and pray for your class that it would grow. Or maybe you're a discipleship you teacher and you'd like to come to this class and ask God to help you as you lead that class. So tonight, I just want you to come as we sing this song. Take this opportunity to make this a moment of prayer in your life. Would you come as we sing tonight?